0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Athletic Definition. Uh, This is a podcast where we just talk to athletes about their personal life, training, and just basically a platform where I could uh, throw flowers to people that I find inspirational. Today, my guest is Fabiola Diaz. Um, It's her first time on the platform, so you have to unmute first.
1: Hello, everyone. Hi, Ray. Thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you for coming on. Um, This is a new platform, so I hope you can get used to it. It's uh, very cool. Everyone can listen in. And so I'm very excited to have you as my second guest. Um, I've known you for quite some time now, and I've always uh, found your story inspirational. And then the more I get to see of what you get to accomplish and do, and then uh, one time when you posted a picture that uh, you were overweight, before I was like even more shocked because when I met you, you were already healthy. You were already a runner, so uh, I thought it would be a a great guest uh, to come on in and just share your experience with everybody.
1: Um, well, yeah, hi Ray. I think we've known each other for at least a decade. Uh, correct me wrong. Um, I started running with a Runner Circle ARC in Los Feliz around two thousand nine. And um, yes, I was very overweight, uh, about twenty twenty five pounds heavier for my BMI, my healthy BMI. Um, running changed my life. I gotta say that um, running, <laughs> running has been the um, the outlet, the the way that I see things differently now, and I try to inspire. My students, because I'm also a PE teacher, and I try to inspire my students to find the love to running because they really struggle. (laughs) It's a love and hate relationship, I tell everyone. But um, I cannot tell you how happy I am. I fell in love with running at age 23. I wish I would have known it earlier, like in my high school years, but unfortunately, I didn't. But I'm happy to be called an ultra marathoner as well. And yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Wow, an ultra marathon. I did not know you actually got to do one of those. Or wait, did you do Catalina Island, I believe?
1: Correct. Uh, That was my first 50 miler, um, Catalina Island 2017. Um, If you've been to Catalina in January, the beginning of the first week of January, you know the weather, it's a little tricky. Sometimes it rains, sometimes it's really hot but I did not know I was able to run for almost 12 hours straight (laughs) or keep moving for 12 hours straight. And that's the longest I ever run in my life.
0: (laughs) And after you did that, uh, did that, you know, I'm sure I know after I finished my first marathon, my mindset changed. Like if I can do this, what else can I do? So after accomplishing a feat of, you know, running for twelve hours and an ultra marathon of fifty miles, which is nothing easy. Um, no, I, no, from that.
1: Absolutely, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was like, wow, um, especially trails. I mean, you if you run a marathon on road. And if you do a marathon in like on the trails, you know it's completely different. It's a different mindset. You got to prepare your um, liquid, your hydration, your food. Yes, there are eight stations, but you have to plan ahead. Um, you also need to take a look at the map course because if you're going to loop around, then you have to make sure you change your clothes. Uh, for the fifty miler, my preparation was a little different than my wrote um, my wrote marathons because. Let's be honest. The road marathoners are very spoiled. We're very spoiled. We have eight stations. What every three miles, um, you have you know an ambulance probably waiting, waiting on um, just to whatever case might be on mile eighteen, where you quote unquote hit the wall. Um, for the fifty miler,s is you and the weather and the nature out there and your thoughts and your. I call it your own demons. You know, you're fighting your own demons when you're running. Sometimes you stop thinking about life. You just enjoy nature. And that's this is one of the reasons why I love long distance running, because I'm able to connect and tune in with my inner self. And also, um, it prepares you not only for the race, but I always think that whatever happens on that day of the race, it's part of life, like things don't go the way you want it to be. So then you have to be flexible and have your plan B ready. Um, in this case, for this race, I prepare three bags of clean clothes um, because I checked the weather and it was rainy, drizzle. So the race starts at five in the morning. Uh, it's a very steep hill. Once you get to, it um, starts in Avalon. Avalon, um, that's what it's called, 50 miler. And then it goes all the way to two points or two ports, if I'm not mistaken. And um, you have to change clothing because your shoes get soaked, um, muddy. Uh, If it's drizzling, you're you're wet, soaked and wet. So you don't want to get hypothermia. So you want to change clothes. Um, That happened, I believe in my, after the half marathon, I changed clothes and I figure, okay, I'm ready to go. I got a new set of pair of shoes, clean socks. I'm good to go. I mean, that was kind of my mentality. Um, I was wearing a Suunto by that time. If you're not familiar with that, it was, an, uh, or if um, whoever's listening to this podcast are not familiar and there are only no Garmin, was an ultra watch that you can do swimming, biking, and running. Unfortunately, that was kind of like an old version Suunto that I had, and um, it died. It died in mile 29, I believe. So I still have a, a long way to go <laughs> without a watch, without my phone, because my phone battery also died. And then I learned, uh, one of the biggest lessons I learned was like, whoa, it's just me. <laughs> I was not running with anybody else until um, mile 22. Um, so I would say half of the race was just, it was by myself. And uh, I learned a lot about myself. Um, how to face fears, to be alone, how to manage to finish strong, to, to try to keep that mental game going, right? Honestly, it's all about mental game. So I got to tell myself, hey, 10 more miles, you're almost there. Kind of like give myself those inspirational um Uh, words right affirmation words of like you can't do this you're a badass you got this and then obviously the eight stations I gotta say um, they're the best Um, they always try to cheer you up they always with they they refill your hydration pack with a smile I cannot say anything anything bad about the um, eight stations they're they're angels on earth Um, so I'm really grateful for our running community that are able to support one another.
0: Yes, the running community is great. I love them too. I've called them angels many times in different uh, races I've done. Now, I also love what you've done and how, you know, we've talked in the past and you mentioned how the mentality helped you through your education along with uh, DACA. Uh, So if you could speak on that a little bit.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah that um well thank you again for um letting me use this platform not only to talk about my story uh, but also to bring awareness uh, for those who don't understand what it takes to work for the american dream you know um meaning being as an immigrant i came from a very humble state in mexico oaxaca i came here when i was 12 years old i did not know the language i didn't even know i was going to stay or overstay I came here with a tourist visa. Um life has been very challenging since then. I'm I'm a teenager let let alone, right? Our our mood swings. Um start at that age at twelve. I came here to visit my dad. Um I still remember the day I came. It was December sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Shocker. I came here before Christmas. I was super excited to meet my dad, um, which I haven't seen probably in, uh, I would say 10 years. Um, I was very excited. Obviously when I, when I first saw him at the airport, when he picked us up, I was like, wait a minute, you're not my dad. My dad is not fat. He does, he has a beard. He does not look like the, the, the men I always looked at in the picture, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, it's when reality hit and be like, okay, this is not what, you know, people tells you. So with that being said, I, I overstayed. I didn't know I was I was going to stay, as I mentioned. I came here with a round trip um back to Mexico. When my parents told me that this was my new home, I cannot even imagine. I always get emotional because I miss my hometown. I haven't been there since I got here to the States. Um but anyways, um I started school three weeks after I landed. I, I placed a foot in this land and my parents are like, you need to get an education because this is the only way to go. And then I in the back of my head, I'm like, I have no idea what you're trying to tell me because I do not speak English. I don't know anybody. All I know is my family at home. So I have to go through those hurdles to those, you know, um, let alone the language. It was more about also the... um the discrimination against my own race, which I didn't get to, I was very confused at 12 years old. I, I, I don't know what's going on. All I know is that my family and friends are in Mexico and I'm here. So I literally have to put put my shit together, excuse my my language, but, and then, and keep on going, get my education going. So I graduated with honors. I went to LeConte Middle School in Hollywood, um, I graduated with four point oh. Well, it's middle school, right? But I was con- I, I, I wanted to do things for my parents. I wanted to show them, and and more than anything, be grateful that okay, they they are sacrificing so much. I want to give them something that they want. They want me to graduate middle school, okay? Then I went to Hollywood High School in two thousand two. I also graduated with good grades, Um, not honors, right? Because senior year is a little hectic. I graduated in 2005, and then I realized in my senior year that, uh uh-oh, with a question that every senior gets, where are you going to college? Where are you transferring to college? And in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know. My parents never told me anything, like I have no idea. And that is one of the things that inspire me to be the, to make the change and follow my dream to become a better person and an educator to guide those people that don't know anything. Like they are, they're like me. They come to a different country without knowing, not knowing the language. They don't know the system. We didn't know how the system worked. Um, so when I graduated high school, I remember one of my counselors in high school told me, what exactly is your dream? What do you want to do when you grow up? And funny enough, Ray, I told him I want to be a fly attendant. I will never forget this because um, my, my counselor in that time, I don't want to name names. <laughs> he told me straightforward. You are just going to be a waitress in the air. It, it literally shattered immediately shattered my dream. And in, on uh, the other hand, I was like, okay, fine, then I'll do something else. Um, back then, the school system was divided in tracks, A track, B track, C track. I was a B tracker. For those who know, B trackers was for um well they can it's a part of like a segregated system though this right now schools don't have it and they're not allowed to do it anymore which i'm i'm glad and and i'm and i'm a huge activist on that sense because i don't i don't think it's okay to segregate students based on their like immigration status or or whatever the case might be their their background in general, so um, A trackers were for the natives, right? Um, B trackers were for the immigrants, and C trackers were for the Asians or Middle Easterns. Which in the in the back of my head, I was never able to. Um, if I was never able to see other cultures besides Latinos, so I grew up in a Latino community with Latinos speaking Spanish. Um, so I do have an accent and I embrace it because I this is part of me it's my identity. Um, but going back to the school thing, um, when I transferred to a community college because I went to Pasadena City College, I did it because of my friends. I did it because my friends were, you know what? this is a good school, even though it's an hour away taking a bus because I couldn't I couldn't drive, I didn't have a social security number I couldn't get an ID. I couldn't even do things that my normal friends, or I wouldn't say normal, but like the uh, my friends in general were able to do. I was always questioned why I can't get an ID. Just as simple as getting an ID, I couldn't get. Um, so then I realized, whoa, I might not even go to college. I can't. I can't apply for financial aid. I can't uh, afford paid as a. Uh, they call it, um, there's a resident uh, for paying tuition. And uh, I forgot what it's called, like foreigners. Uh, so I believe um, by that time, there was a law that passed and helped uh, immigrants like myself. If you went to a four-year high school and completed a GED, you were able to obtain and get uh those tuitions at a resident price. Within that time, if I'm not mistaken, I still recall it was like $22 per unit. I think right now it's double. But back then it was a lot of money still. You know, I'm, I'm making, I wasn't even working by that time because once again, I don't have a social security number. I can't do those things. So I do face a lot of discrimination against my own people as well, uh, let alone other, you know, Um, other uh, races, other um, ethnicities. Um, So when I started working, just to make it short, kind of, um, I started working as a cashier and I was working under the table. I was getting paid cash and that is how I paid for community college, which it took me four years, Ray, (laughs) to complete an AA slash AS, because I took so many classes, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was lost and confused. I was just taking classes because I knew the minute I stopped going to school, it was going to be over. And I know me and I know myself, like if I have a challenge, and if I have a purpose, I am going to do and I'm going to do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal. So um, after my community college, um, it was 2010. It took me four years to graduate from PCC. Um, I just started working, started working multiple, multiple jobs. Um, I've been honestly front of the kitchen. I mean, I've been in the front of the restaurant and the back of the kitchen. So I've been working as a... Server, hostess, bartending, general manager, event coordinator, um, you name it, uh, barista, babysitter, dog runner, uh, coach. I've done everything that I can to just make a living here in California, especially Los Angeles, um, the rent A loan is very expensive Um, and then the bills and then I have to go to college. The last thing I wanted was to get a loan or, um, you know, just get private, um, private help, if that makes sense. So what I did, I just stayed in school. Um, Luckily, Obama, Obama um, passed the law in 2012. It was an executive order that allowed me to have a social security number, allow millions of immigrants like myself to go to, to go to school. So to me that day, um, it's, it's very special. I mean, Obama, and I don't want to get into politics, but Obama did a lot for us to stop being invisible because at that time I was like, I can't even, I can't even drive. I I can't even, you know, go to the bar with my friends and ask for a drink because the first thing that they're going to ask me is for my ID and it was quite embarrassing to say I don't have one. And the Mexican consular uh, ID is not valid in most places. So it was really struggling, very, um, very humbling just to know I can't do things that my friends can. Um, but when Obama passed the executive order, I was able to apply to those services, to those, um, I call it those it's it's a luxury for me to be able to drive. Um, and I take care of my credit, right? The minute I started, um, I had a social security number, I opened an account, which once again, no one tells you this, but if you don't have a history, you cannot open a credit card account. So I, little by little, I need to start opening a secure card. How do I know these things? Because I have to go and ask because I have to Many doors shut down my, in front of my face and say, sorry, we cannot give you credit. Sorry, you do not apply. Countless times. So it didn't stop me. I kept on going. I was like, okay, maybe next year and maybe next year. And eventually I was able to get a credit score and build on my credit. Um, I was able to apply for scholarships um, just for being a Latina, for having a great GPA, uh, 3.5 to 4. So I was really, really hustling. Um, and then I transferred to Cal State Northridge. And that's when the roller coaster really began. I was like, OK, I was 28 years old. Um, thinking, gosh, I am too old for school. <laughs> this is going to be so hard. Um, but I did it. I did it. I. It took me two years and a half to obtain my bachelor's in science with the emphasis of so his Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology with the emphasis of physical education. Then I thought, okay, I'm ready to become a PE teacher, right? Ta-da! Surprise, you're in California. You need a teaching credential. Okay, bring it on. I continue with my education. It took me another two years and a half <laughs> to get my teaching credential. And then I'm like, yes, let's do this. I'm able to um, work at any School in California and other um, blue states uh, in the nation, but I wanted more. Ray. And it's like the marathon race, right? You experience the twenty-six point two miles. What's next? Let's go for a fifty k, okay, which is thirty-one point something miles. And then what's next? A fifty miler. Let's do it. So, in 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 a nutshell, running has been such a great impact in my life. To everything I do—education, work, life, friends—I'm um, really proud to say that during a pandemic, I obtained—I uh, I just graduated what a month ago, May 25th—with uh, my master's in secondary education with curriculum and instruction. So that is huge for me.
0: That. Excuse me. That is awesome, and um, that is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. You know, uh, professional athletes get the luxuries of having everything from uh, someone, dietitian, to a personal trainer, to uh, a strength and conditioning coach, and they get all this help along the way. So just for the regular people who still want to compete, and you know, some some people get called weakened warriors, but you're you're taking on life, which is a uh, not easy and for some it's more difficult than others and uh, it's good for younger people to hear this, especially now that there's platforms for them to be able to hear it. It would have been nice you know being younger, being Mexican- American myself to be able to uh, have these type of influences or people I could look up to.
1: Absolutely. And this is one of the things I tell my students. Um, once again, I teach physical education, but I also coach. I, I coach students around LA. This was my first year coaching. Um, and then I tell, I tell all my students, you have the opportunity to go places. Not only, and I tell this to everyone, I don't ask for immigration status, first of all, because I tell them, I share my story for you to know it. And if you have the, if you have the, the passion to follow or the, the, the courage to follow your passion, go for it. I gave them the, win, the wings. I want to tell them, hey, I have nothing. Okay, no money, no support, in a sense. I mean, I have my, my parents' emotional support. But <laughs> let, let's be honest, you need a little bit more than that. Um, but I also encourage students to stay in school to do well because that will uh, will help them apply for scholarships. Free money out there that many do not know. They'll give you so much money and I keep telling them I I still got money to pay for my masters. And they'll look at me like weird. How come? And I said because you got good grades. If you have good grades, people will pay for your higher education. And and I think it's a it's it's really um it's really, I wouldn't say a taboo, but it, we need to we need to speak up more. We need to tell these younger generations, it doesn't matter where you come from. You have to stay in school. You have to get into sports. Sports teaches you so much discipline, so much effort. You want to play in a team? Okay, go ahead. Get up early, do the work, and show up. You cannot just expect to play well when you don't put in the practice and the work. That's exactly what we do, you know, in school. We have to study in order to pass our test. Otherwise, you know, (laughs) they're not going to pass. They're going to fail.
0: And talk about uh, how difficult or was it easier for you to continue your education during uh, COVID? Um, You know, because basically we couldn't go out. Was it easier to study or did it just make it more difficult for you?
1: Oh, Right. I was teaching full time online, which is remote learning or slash distance learning at home from eight in the morning to four p m My class for the master's program was from four p m to six p m Then I will have a thirty minute gap for the other class from seven a m seven p m to ten p m so we're talking about more than than twelve hours in front of the screen. I would say almost every day, because for the grad school, I was like three times um, after school and in the morning. I have no life, like social life. There were times where I wanted to quit. i would be honest with you. I wanted to quit. All teachers, if, you, if you're listening and you're a teacher, you know what I'm talking about. We wanted to quit. We have so much... Um, a disrespect during the pandemic thinking, oh, teachers have it easy. They're they're sleeping or they're working from home. They're not doing anything. In the contrary, you're talking about humans who are told to do lesson planning in the classroom. And overnight, we have to come up with these hybrid lessons or distance learning lessons because we need to keep the expectations high. So I have the pressure from work. To deliver this to my students, and I'm not talking about my school only. I'm talking about in general across the board. Let alone my own master's program, because I'm crazy like that, and I like challenges. And I said, "Why not? Let's do, um, let's do the master's program in a in a year <laughs> during a pandemic? No biggie. Uh, while while teaching full time distance learning, gosh, I went crazy. I went nuts. So he, my little Um, The way I was coping, those 30 minutes that I had between 6 and 6.30, I would literally lace up and go for a run. I I wouldn't care about my pace. I wouldn't care where I was going. All I knew is that I had 30 minutes to make it back home and eat something while the professor is explaining something, whatever lesson might be. But that was in the back of my head. I have to work out. I have to do this. Why? For my own sanity. I was going crazy. Um, It was a times where the trails were closed. The parks were closed. We couldn't even go out. I was doing T25 Shanti Fitness. Shanti saved my life. (laughs) As as weird as it sounds, I was able to work out 30 minutes a day. Like he says, 25 minutes of your day, uh, five times a week. And have Saturdays and Sundays off. My Saturdays and Sundays off without the HIT high intensity interval training was to go for a walk, um, get some fresh air, um, and sleep. Because I'll be honest with you, right? Right now, I'm a little behind schedule. I am setting alarms for me to nap and sleep because I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> Since the master's program, I haven't had a good night's sleep
0: and well, that leads me to my next question. You know you've accomplished a lot, and so w- what's next for you you know, as far as education, do you plan on something else and then uh as far as challenges are are you doing uh l a marathon this year or any other races
1: yeah see l a it's always special to me. That was my first marathon in two thousand nine where the route was a little different it was a it wasn't a loop. I don't know if you ran that one before, um, where it was at the convention center, if I'm not mistaken, and it went all the way to Slauson, and then it was kind of like a loop. Um, Then in 2010, they changed the route to stadium, Dodger Stadium to the sea, wow, wow. Then then I've been running the LA Marathon 10 times, not in a row, because I believe 2011 and 2012, It rained really hard, and I didn't get the days off from work. I was working as a waitress in the cafe across ARC. Um, So my boss was a little kind of like, no, you need to work. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay, so I have to work, right? Work pays my bills. The marathon can't wait. Um, Those were the only two years I did not run the LA Marathon. Every other year since then, I've been running it. And it's very special to me. Pandemic or not, last year, I, w- I was able to run it. Then a week after, the entire country shuts down. To me, it was kind of like a shocker and be like, whoa, what happened? I was um, one of the 25,000 people, 25,000 25, runners. Um, and then a week after, the pandemic hits hard. I mean, it was hitting, but it wasn't until, you know, the lockdown and the two weeks that, you know, it happens. So answering your question, yes, I am training for the LA Marathon coming up. As a matter of fact, I ran the LA Marathon with my students running in May. Um, so I do have a medal already. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, um, but I was um, I'm training for the L. That is happening 2000. I'm sorry, it's happening November 7th. Um, what's next when it comes to mileage? I would say uh, I would love to do an 100 miler. Ouch! I said it aloud. Yes. <laughs> um, when I don't know, I I purchased a road bike two years ago. And um, I'm doing cross training. So I'm doing a lot of um, cycling. I love um, indoor spinning, like spin classes and all that. I'm getting um, stronger in my swimming. Um, I'm not a strong swimmer in open water, I'll tell you that. So I need to work on my weaknesses, which is swimming. (laughs) Um, I can go on and on with a bike. So I guess my longest ride has been 60 miles. And to me was like, oh, okay, I think I can do more. (laughs) <laughs> so I think I'll be okay on the bike. Um, another challenge that I might think of um, and, I, and I thought of and I, I spoke to my friends about, it's probably an Ironman. But that will be like after I accomplish, obviously, the longest distance so I can push my body. And one of the things that I learned, uh, Ray, is that I am really bad at training, I need to get better at training. Yes, I know. I said it all out loud. I'm a coach, but it's different when you tell someone what to do than you actually doing it. And I'm guilty of charge. So I do one of the recommendations that I've been noticing and that I've been because once again, I'm not perfect. Uh, I need to um, stick to my plan for the T25 Shanti Fitness. I was able to do it and I, I I got leaner. I was, um, very, um, I, I don't focus on weight loss. I focus on fat loss percentage. So uh, my muscle mass increased. Uh, my fat uh, percentage decreased. I was really happy. I was more energized. The, one of the things that I love when I lose fat is because I am energized. I feel like I can do whatever it takes, you know, all day. Um, since, since I wake up in the morning, I can go on and on and on. And um, I do take naps every day. I actually, this is my nap time. Just kidding. No, um, I nap from four to five whenever I can. During the master's program, once again, I couldn't. So I was a little groggy. I was kind of moody, Um but running will do the trick. Um, Running gives me the endorphins, makes me happy. Um, If I don't feel like running, because once again, my mental state might be super tired, I'll go for walks. I'll go for hikes. It's not all about the speed. It's not all about the, oh, I need to burn as many calories as I want. No. Uh, (laughs) It's about listening to your body. It's about getting to know your limits. When can you push? When can you stop? When can you literally say, you know what? Today, I'm going to take a rest day. Today, and I think that's the hardest part of training, right? And I'm sure you know this. You want to rest, but deep down, you're like, maybe I can do one rep. Maybe I can go for a 20-minute walk. Rest days are part of training. And I learned that during my running years. I've been running for almost more than 10 years. I would say 12 years. And uh, I learned that The best days that I run is after a good two days off completely from running. It's like my body's completely recharged. My muscles are fully energetic. So I look forward to start training next week. And I'm not saying this because I'm just catching a break right now. And I'm starting to train for the LA Marathon. I want to break sub four. Um, Right now, my fastest time is four hours and 10 minutes. And I would love to break um that four hour um time if it's three fifty nine I'll be happy, but I'm really looking forward to be um between three forty five and three fifty Will that happen this year? Probably not, but I still have time, so I'm gonna be hopeful to be closer to four again. I cannot push my body to the limits if I haven't been running for that long and when I say that is because it got to the point during the 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 master's program that it was either my uh, writing a 20-page paper <laughs> or going for a run. I can do both, but if I run, I'll be pretty exhausted <laughs> and probably not in the mood to write a paper. So I have to prioritize what's more important right now. And of course, um, go for walks, eat healthy. Um, I always tell my students it's 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. It's an a hundred percent mindset. When you put your mind into it, you can do anything you want.
0: And so the students that you have, are they part of the student run LA program that you mentioned?
1: Here's the thing. Um, the school that I work for right now, is a charter school and it's a very, very small school in Pacoima. The, um, the socioeconomic status is very poor of my students. So they're not really, they don't have a culture of running. So when I tell them, let's go for runs, um, they probably be like, whoa, what did we do? We're not late. (laughs) Because that's the the culture. Um, They see running as a punishment. So that's the reason why I try to change that perspective in my students. Be like, hey, running is your tool. You know, it's like your superpower. Once you know your pace, once you know your stride, once you know your comfortable pace, you can go places. Um, so answering your question, only one student from, from Birch Corona Charter High School was from Students Run LA. The other six students, they found me, Ray. I was training at Hanson Dam here in LA and they saw me running with my girl you know, with um, the student that is from Bert, And they were like, hey, can we run with you? And I figure, no, go away. I don't want to get in trouble. Just kidding. No, I was like, how? Why? Um, but with teenagers, I have to be extremely careful because I don't know if they're talking to me because they really want to run with me. Oh, I don't know if they want something else. And I'm a teacher and I have to keep it professional. Um, so I, I pick on their vibe really quickly. And I figure, no, they really want to run. And then I ask, okay, so how many miles a week do you put on? 25 to 30, okay, normal. Um, what's the longest that you run? I interview um, this kid who was just sitting there watching me coach the other kids. And I figure, hey, how old are you? 16, do you want to join? Sure. He jumped in, he didn't say anything. He run 10 miles with me. I was like, whoa, I noticed that he's, he was faster than me and I told him, keep up with Coach Josue. There's another coach, Coach Diaz, that um, he, co- he helped me coach students run LA. He's really, really a good friend of mine, and he trains every day. Um, so I told him, go ahead and catch up with him. And he did it. No questions asked. I was like, whoa, this kid's something else. He really enjoys it. And he will tell me, can I run with you next weekend? And I'd be like, who are you? Where do you go? And um, that's how I started I started picking, um, well, the students pick me. (laughs) They're from different schools, but this is the beauty of this program, the Students Run LA program. You, as long as the student is enrolled in a school district, they're able to run the LA Marathon or train or coach with you. Um, Once again, I do this for a love of the sport. Uh, I don't get paid. Um, A stipend is always welcome uh, for the Students Run LA program. But I don't do it for that. I do it because I enjoy seeing other students run. Uh, And let's be honest, (laughs) coaches don't. If you're going to live as a coach, you're not going to make it too far here in L.A. So you need to have another side job or something else. Coaches are really, really true um, people that enjoy what they do. And um, I um, can proudly say I'm one of them because I picked the students from different schools Put it under under uh, my radar. We coach, we uh, we train together. They finished their marathon a week before my graduation, and I told them, "Hey, you guys did it during that pandemic." Like that's just insane, I don't even think I'm able to run a virtual marathon, and for those of you who don't know what's a virtual marathon, you literally set your watch, go for a run twenty six point two miles no one's watching you, no one's clapping for you, no one's doing anything for you. You just have to finish twenty six point two miles, take a screenshot, and upload it to your um to your uh profile online that to me. It's a lot, like, whoa, I need someone, and not someone to to clap for me, but like, I wanna know, I wanna be able to do it with more people, why? Because I train like this, Um, and I think that's the toughest part, when you have to train on your own, do things on your own, and no one's clapping for you. You gotta clap for yourself, right? You got to do things on your own. And that's what I taught the kids. You need to do this for yourself. Of course, I was there for them when they run their 26.2 miles. I set the course uh, where they have to do a couple loops. So they were looping uh, in Lake Balboa five times. So um, I had their aid station and I was there with the cowbells making noises because I wanted them to experience what it is running 26.2 miles probably they don't know they were feeling hurt i tell you that but probably they will not know or they will not know understand completely what they've done you know in a couple years they're gonna be like wow i ran 26.2 miles and no one was there like to clap for me was only me. I think that's really, really the message that I'm trying to send here. Doesn't matter if no one's there to see you. Doesn't matter if no one's there to clap for you. As long as you're there and you believe in yourself and you clap for yourself and the little victories, you can go places.
0: I 100% agree with that. And for those listening in, um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Student Run LA is a great organization that uh, was founded by two teachers that were married, and they just wanted kids to become active. And so basically, um, this organization helps students from all over LA run the LA Marathon for free. They've been, I guess, keeping track of the people that actually students that run it go to college versus the percentage of them going to college is higher than students that don't run it.
1: Correct, and I'm I'm glad you you brought that up. Um, if you if they're running and they're seniors, um, they give scholarships for those students, um, student athletes to continue with their higher education. Uh, in two in 2018, I was a coach for South Pasadena High School, track coach and cross country coach, and I was able to see the grades of those students and the percentage of the seniors that graduated. It was almost hundred percent. If they join in running team, they're able to continue their higher education. Why? Because they set a goal and they finished the goal. They accomplished something. And that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it doesn't matter if what what age my students might be, they might be 14, 15 seniors. Um, the minute they cross the finish line and they're able to accomplish something like a marathon. And they're able, they have this powerful feeling of doing everything they can. And that's exactly how I felt when I crossed the finish line, right? I was like, whoa, that was it? Let's do it again. No, just kidding. On mile 26, on mile 24, I was like, this is what am I doing? This is so painful. Probably before that, probably mile nine. This is so... Um, why did I sign up for this? This is not what I wanted to do on my Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And then you go through all those negative thoughts. Oh, my friends are having fun. What am I doing here? But when you enjoy it, you're like, okay, here comes mile 13. You get the runner's high. You get this feeling of people cheering for you. Stranger is cheering for you. That's the fun part when they are like, you're doing great. You're almost there. And all the, the energy that is transmitted while you're running. It's, it's amazing. And I want my students to, to, to enjoy that. So, um, yes, going on the as students Run away, I'm happy that this organization helps high school students. And I believe middle school is as well like secondary education to accomplish to, pursue to fall in love with this sport. Many people do not think running is a sport. Um yeah, let me break it down to you. This sport will help you anywhere and will help you forever in your life as long as you're able to move. You can finish a marathon walking. You can finish a marathon, you know, jogging, speed walking. I mean, it's just amazing what this sport brings to you. As if in a personal perspective, like you're able to do so much more than just running a marathon. You are no, getting to know yourself. You're getting to know your weaknesses, your strengths, your ups and downs, your all your thoughts. Just, just imagine running for four, four hours and thinking about everything <laughs> and anything, basically. So I'm really happy students, students Run LA is a program for students who are you know, growing and developing and, and 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 finding themselves because this is the age where students don't know what they want to be. This is where they don't know where do they belong. And the moment they belong to the running community, because once a runner, always a runner, they become very special.
0: I love uh, seeing the students run LA out there. This will be my 15th consecutive year running LA Marathon. So the first time I ran it, I never heard of that program. Um, unfortunately, my high school didn't have that. So when I ran it, it, they all wore the same shirt. So I just saw a sea of like highlighted shirts. I'm like, who are all these kids passing me up? Um, mm-hmm. And then once I found out about the organization, and what they did, uh, I loved it even more. I And then once I found out about the high school and the kids graduating, I'm like, that's even a greater program. And all the people that I have met from that program are great. So. Uh, is there anything we can do uh, for you or that organization?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up as well, Ray. Um, there is a donation, um, the Students Run LA website, studentsrunla.org, students so S-R-L-A. Um, free donations that helps with, you know, giving goodie bags, giving um, hydration, giving... All th- Of course, coaches, more opportunity to... Because once again, we're doing this for the love of the sport. Um, More incentives. I believe the organization has been there quite a few years, if I'm not mistaken, since LA Marathon started. Um, So there's a legacy of runners doing this. I personally, from my high school... They had it, but I didn't know anything about it. You know why? Because the SRLA coach was the math teacher. <laughs> Funny enough, I didn't know. And that is when I decided, no way, Jose! I need to. If I'm the PE teacher, I need to run this program. And <laughs> as I as I pictured that in my brain, and if I was I was getting into the, the district, and I was getting into teaching. I was looking for ways to bring the program to the school where I work. And that's what I did. Uh, I've been working at Burke Corona Charter High School for two years. And just recently, this past year, I was able to bring the program to the school because I was emailing, bringing that program to the school. Unfortunately, if you're a charter school, you're in the list of a wait list, something I didn't know. Um, So I have to partner it up with another school and another coach to bring that those schools into the program, then become officially a coach, take some training, take, take some courses. And again, I'll do this because I love the sport of running. Like I can do, I can talk about running, Ray. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, more than an hour. And it's not only about what I've done or what it does to you. It's more about like getting to know yourself. You, you probably might think you know yourself, but you don't know until you actually run more than you think of. And that's a, that's something that I will love to experience. I think I know myself, but in reality, I think I will know myself even more and deeper, and deeper once I run that 100 miler or once I finish that Ironman. Like the purpose is not to break me, but just kind of like to see how far can I go and to challenge myself to always keep my mindset like positive because also if you have a positive attitude, that, I mean, speaks volumes. That to me, it's more, um, it, it recharges my brain. It recharges my energy. If I start thinking I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna, if I start thinking negative, or like oh i don't think i'm fast enough or i don't think i'm strong enough i am already doubting and that is one of the things that i have as a person and as a skill that i have to change the way i think i have to change like i am going to do this and here's my plan a b c okay if plan a doesn't work here comes b and so on and so forth i have n- and i once again i changed my the way i think because i because of running You know, yeah, I'm going at an eight minute pace. Oop, didn't work out. Let's lower it to nine minute pace. And okay, as long as I finish, that's the goal. Injury free, injury prevention. Luckily, I have not had an injury What it set me back. Only about two years ago, I was ice skating. (laughs) I was ice skating and I twisted my MCL, which she put me off for six months. And that is when I started coaching at South Pasadena High School because I told myself I'm not going to be feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't able to run, but I I wanted to see myself in other kids and especially sharing the knowledge, sharing my passion, telling them, hey, it's okay to fail. It's okay to be injured you're going to get better, you know, this is not the end of the world, you are going to get stronger, you are going to get places when if you keep on pushing, if you keep on uh, facing those fears, because it's basically a fear, you know, the fear of me not able to do well, a fear of I failed. Uh, I passed that. To be honest with you, I I feel more free. I, I, I encourage people to fail, you know, because that's the only way you're going to You're going to get up and try again and succeed. That, to me, takes more courage to try again than just to say I quit.
0: Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, thinking back to all your experience coming over here and then learning the language and just your struggles that you've gone through and uh, losing weight. And, you know, there's times where in life it gets really, really difficult. And what would you say to maybe some young kid listening out there or young girl uh, going through that right now, what, what could they do to you know start changing their life and for the better?
1: Well, an advice would be stay in school. if I have a, if I have to tell this to younger generations and I know they roll their eyes every time I say this, <laughs> stay in school. I know you want to work, I know you want to make money. The money will be there, okay Money will come. Something that no one can take away from you is your education. The higher education you get, the more prepared you're going to be in life. Uh, If you're an immigrant, if you're a DACA, if you're listening to me, I got to tell you, from DACA sister to DACA sister, DACA brother, I got to tell you, stay in school. Do not get any loans. Look for financial aid available. Look for those private scholarships. Work and save your money. If you got to take your bus, take the bus, okay? Don't buy a car, save your money, finish your education and always, always keep striving towards your goal. Never let anyone tell you can't do it. I know that's that's something that people say, don't, you can't do this. Um, Okay, yes, probably, but why? If they don't want you to succeed it's because they know you have the potential. There's people out there that are going to try to help you. There's not bad people out there. I got to say, I'm really, really grateful and thankful that I have great mentors. Um, I was able to follow my dream because I was talking to people that were prepared, that were, that were, um, that care for me. And uh, if you're listening out there, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm sure my Instagram will be shared after this podcast. Um, Please reach out. I'm more than help, I'm more than honor. And uh, I'm willing to help those who might feel lost and confused about their situation. I know probably in this year, every year, every every June, they're trying to um, rule something in favor for the DACA recipients. And um, I just got to say this, stay, stay strong, Don't lose your cool. I know a lot of people are getting desperate, and they're like, "No, we we can't do much. We gotta, we gotta go back to our country." All I gotta say, if you are here and this is your home, this is where you belong. Um, People see you, people hear you, people feel you. I I am one of them. Um, All I gotta, all you gotta do is stay in school, get your higher education. It's not a race. Okay. Everyone has his own pace. It took me more than 15 years to get my master's, but hey, I got it. So if something that I got to say out there is stay patient, be patient, um, look for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to um, look for help, you know, seek someone that knows and, um, and yeah, just um, stay strong. That's all I got to say
0: i'm a huge fan of eric thomas and he always talks about how your master's degree doesn't say if it took you one year or two years or 20 years to get it you got it so (laughs) congratulations it's a huge accomplishment and um thank you so much for being a guest to athletic definition instagram uh, fabiola is on there and you can click on her and then find her on instagram Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I look forward to hopefully having you back after you complete LA Marathon.
1: Thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me here. And yes, um, I, will, I look forward for that invitation in the future.
0: Thank you. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining. Till next time.